I want to start a brand new uh, series this morning called Battlefield. Everybody say Battlefield. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, all of us are actually engaged in battle, spiritual battle. And we are in a fight. We are in a, a struggle. We're in battle. And this is not a spiritually neutral world at all. And so the fight is on. Our fight, however, is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. Our struggle, our fight is really not even about other religions. It's not about some of the issues of our day. It's not about cultural things, social things, economic things, political things. That's, those are all byproducts. Those are sub uh, to the real thing. And the, and the real battle is this. We have an, our battle is against the enemy of our soul. It's against the devil. It's against the slanderer, Satan, and his schemes and his strategies and his hierarchy of, of darkness. And all of that comes together to influence the world. And that's where you get some of those other issues that I mentioned. But ultimately, our, fat, our, our battle, our fight, yours and mine, is against the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, I'm reading in the New Living. Y'all with me this morning? It says, Paul writes and he says, a final word. So how many of you know that's important? Okay, I'll go ahead and talk. It's important. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you say that's me so that you watch this will be able everybody say I will be able that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil and that's what he uses for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places therefore because of all of that Put on every piece of God's armor so you, there you are again, so that you will be able, say it again, I will be able, you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, here we go, there's the final score. After the battle, you will still be standing firm. Can you say amen this morning? I'm so thankful for that. You are able to stand. You and I are able to stand. We're in a battle, yes. But if you do this right, you're going to be able to stand. And you're not able to stand just because God loves you. Okay? Because if that's all it took, then everybody would be standing. You're not able to stand just because, like me, you own a Bible with your name engraved. That's not going to do it. You're not able to stand because you might have a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker on your car. You're able to stand because of a couple of things. First of all, God's power. Y'all get with me now. God's power. Secondly, God's armor. And then what we're going to talk about today, begin to talk about today, some things that would put you in the know. You're going to have to be in the know. There's some things that you need to know if you're going to be able to stand. And let me just go ahead and toss this one out first of all. First of all, you've got to know that you're able to stand. You've got to know we can win this one. A team is already defeated. An army is already defeated unless just something bizarre happens if they think they're defeated. You know, if a team goes against another team and says, 
we can't beat these guys, then you know what? You might as well not even come out. But you need to know you are able, you are able, you are able to stand and you are able to win. Now, the devil uses schemes and strategies. He has this hierarchy of evil and and darkness and he uses whatever and he uses whoever. He can use a yapping dog. I don't know that personally. I just have heard stories of such. He can use innocent things. He can use anybody to get you off your game, to hinder you, to, to get you upset about things. Am I right? The other night we were driving uh, to go to dinner, and I think every bad driver in Marion County decided to go the same direction as me. People just pulling out in front of me and just all kinds of things. And, and I tell you, what, I was getting irate. And some of them, I, part of me wanted to go ahead and send them to the nether regions. <laughs> but I don't have that power, nor is that appropriate. But I'm telling you what, how many of you know that probably some of those people love Jesus too? They're sorry drivers, but they love, but they love Jesus. And I'm your pastor, but you know what? I started to get a little, started to just get a little irate about this. And there's just innocent people, crummy drivers, but in, in a, innocent people. And it just started to make you irate. And of course, in a righteous way. But, <laughs> but the devil can use anything. He can use anybody. He can use all kinds of things to come together. It's, it's part of a, a strategy, schemes that he does. And here's kind of what the battle looks like. It's whenever you're hindered. It's whenever you're limited, it's whenever you are frustrated, you get distracted, you get detoured, things get drained out of your life, such as peace, happiness, joy. Uh, When you feel your progress is being blocked, when you feel like your stability is is now in question and you're missing out on favor and grace and confidence and you end up angry or uh, addicted or stuck or weak or feeling shame and, and, and guilt. Ultimately, the battle looks like this. The enemy of your soul wants to steal and kill and destroy. And so all of those things put together, let me remind you of something first. God wants to work in our lives in such a way that we end up happy and help me and stable and fruitful and blessed. Help you remember high school football, okay? Happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. That's what God wants for you. But you need to know that the enemy of your soul is highly, highly anti-happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. So where's he going to attack? He's going he's to try to attack you to mess with your happiness, your stability, your fruitfulness, and blessings in and through your life. He's going he's gonna to work and try to do that. So we know that we're in, we're in a battle. We know that we have an enemy and we know who our enemy is. And I just want you to think about this. Don't answer this out loud yet. Where is the battlefield? Where is the battlefield? And there's numerous ones. And I want to look at one in particular for today and probably next week as as well. Let me set this up with a verse first. And I believe that this is very significant to note. In Matthew 27, verse 33, it says, They came to a place called Golgotha which means the place of the skull. Jesus was crucified on a rocky knoll, a rocky hill just outside of Jerusalem called Golgotha. And it means the place of the skull. 
I'm going to show you a picture here of this. And this is where they believe Golgotha was. Can you notice the eye sockets and the nose and, and the mouth kind of there? And tradition holds and historians believe that up on that hill, up on that hill is where our Savior died for my sins and for your sins. But note that it's called Golgotha, the place of the skull. Now look at, look at me, look at me. Okay, there I am. I believe that your primary battlefield, your primary battlefield is the place of the skull. I believe it's the battlefield of the mind, of your thoughts and what you know and what you don't know. And I believe this is where the greatest battle is waged in your life and in my life. And we're going to look at this this week and and for the next couple of weeks here. This place of the skull between your ears and my ears, this is the battlefield of the mind, of the thoughts, of knowledge that the enemy wages huge war. So we have an enemy. We're in a battle. We know who our enemy is. We know one of our primary battlefields. Let's, let's look at how does he work? Where does he work? And I'm going to go ahead and put this out for you, and then we'll, we'll work on this here. Where is the enemy? The enemy is in darkness. Darkness. Now, we'll fill this out as we go here. That's where he likes it. That's where he works. Let me read to you from uh, Luke 22. This is the night that Jesus was betrayed. And he says to Judas and the, the soldiers who came, he said, when I was with you daily, I want you to just note that when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. And then in Acts 26, the apostle Paul is preaching to King Agrippa and he tells Agrippa of his encounter with Jesus, excuse me, on the road to Damascus. And on that road, Jesus said some things to him in addition, and, and, and I'll, I'll come back to this event later in this series. But Jesus said some things to him that are, are worthy of noting here in, in Acts twenty six eighteen. Jesus is calling Paul to do this, to open their eyes so that they may turn from, help me, from darkness to what? To light and from the, and he's stacking ideas here, from darkness to light and from the what? Power of who? Power of Satan to, and it's implied, the power of God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And that's what Jesus was saying to Paul. Paul's accounting, uh, recounting that to Agrippa. Here's the thing. He said, I've sent you, Paul, as an ambassador, as an apostle, that part of what you're to do is to help people to turn from darkness to light. And darkness then is the power of Satan to the power of God. But let's look a little bit further because I want to know what that power is. Because he works in darkness. He traffics in darkness. He likes darkness. He wants to create darkness. He wants to get you in darkness and he wants to keep you in darkness. So what is that darkness? And let's just, let's go symbolic here, figurative here. How many of you as a kid, or maybe even now are afraid of the dark? I I, I told you one night I'm, I'm rolling the, our trash cans down our driveway and it's kind of a long curved drive. And I'm, I'm going downhill with that. 
And at the time we had this big mailbox when we moved in there, these people, I guess they were afraid somebody's going to steal the mailbox. So it was like all these blocks. It was like this big mailbox. And as I'm going down, I hear this sound coming toward me and it's just pitch black out there. And I thought, you know, ah, this is just a couple of years ago, you know? <laughs> and then I realized what it was, is the sound on those wheels on my driveway reflecting off of that mailbox. And the closer I got, the closer it got. <laughs> now, if it had been light, it wouldn't have been a problem. So I went back in the house, changed clothes and everything was fine. So I <laughs> but darkness, disregard. Darkness is not just evil. Darkness is not just, you know, I, I, I can't see, so to speak. Darkness is ignorance. Everybody say ignorance. Now, don't be offended if I say that we might be ignorant this morning. Okay. Uh, because if I said you're stupid, well, if I said you're stupid, then you wouldn't know to be offended. Okay. So ignorance is lack of knowledge. Okay. Lack of knowledge. Stupid is lack of intelligence. Y'all with me? Check on your neighbors real, real quick there. All right. But typically our problem, darkness Ignorance is lack of knowledge. Now, let me just tie it all together. The enemy of your soul works in this. He works in your lack of knowledge. Darkness is lack of knowledge. He works where there's ignorance. The opposite of darkness then would be what? Would be light. What would light be then? Knowledge. If you have light on something, if you get enlightened, it means you come to knowledge of something. But if you're in darkness... Uh, then that's ignorance. I lack that knowledge. And that, listen to me, that is where the enemy works. That's where he traffics. That's where he creates havoc in your life. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded. In the Greek, it means to darken. Darken the minds of those who do not believe. Why do they not believe? Because there's darkness. There's something they don't know. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Listen to this principle here. The strength of the oppressor, the strength of the oppressor is the ignorance of the oppressed. Hear that again. The strength of the oppressor is the ignorance of the oppressed. The oppressor can only oppress somebody until the oppressed figure out you you can't do that that's not yours you're not allowed to do that once you come to know something you know then you you take away the strength of the oppressor but again the strength of the oppressor is the ignorance of the oppressed now i'm going to make a real bold statement here but i want you to hop in because this is this is the meat this is the core right here i'm going to use the word virtually okay virtually and, and honestly, I can't think of an exception offhand. And I spent some time on this, but I'm just going to say virtually so that we just leave a little window here. But virtually any problem area in your life, virtually any problem area in your life is darkness. Think about it with me. Virtually any area where you are bound, where you are addicted, where you are losing, 
where you're defeated, where you're confused, where there's strife, where you're frustrated, where you're struggling, any of those areas, I'm going to to say virtually any of those areas, it's darkness. It's darkness, which means this. There's something you don't know. Now, everybody, we're all on the same page on this. And I'm not, I'm not yelling at everybody saying, you're ignorant. No, hear what I'm saying. If you have a problem area, whatever that area is, I'm going to tell you the bottom line. There's something you don't know. If you're, let's go back to math class again. We work on math what? Problems. And it's only a problem as long as I don't have the solution. There's something I don't know. That's what made it a problem. I need counseling, I know, but... <laughs> but listen, there's... And follow me on this, because there's, there's levels to this. Any problem area, anywhere, you're struggling, you're frustrated, there, there's strife, it's broken. You can't get that progress. What's going on? Why am I being held up? I promise you that in that area, here's what the problem is. There's something you don't know, or... There's something that you wrongly assume. You, you, you don't understand something, right? You wrongly assume. Or it's something you don't recognize, blind spot. Or it's something you don't remember. Or something you can't see. What is it that helps us to see? Light. Light. You know, our special forces, they'll use the cover of darkness, the cover of night because they have night vision to be be able to go in and do some kind of special operation because you know the in, their enemy at that point can't maneuver because of the darkness darkness represents i don't know something in proverbs it it, it talks about a young man who he sinned and he sinned and he ruined his life and then when he comes to the place of full destruction this is what he says i did not know what is that Ignorance. He said, I did not know that this would cost me my life. And you know, there's so many things that are being pushed on you by, uh, by our culture and by our media that it's okay. It won't hurt you. They don't, they don't show you the other end of it. They don't, they don't show you when they're, you know, beer commercials and stuff. You know, if you want to be sexy and be in with the in crew, drink this and hang out like this, they don't show you, they don't show you a little ways down the road, the, the wreck that happened. They, they don't show you a few years down the road the, the torment and the, and the brokenness and, and all of the things that go along with it. I, I, see, I didn't know. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. And see, the enemy is always wanting to take advantage of you because of what you don't know ultimately to destroy you. Look in Proverbs 4, 19. Are you all out, out there? It says in Proverbs 4, 19, the way of the wicked is like what? Come on, y'all help me. The way of the wicked is like what? Darkness. They, read the next verse. They do not know. That's what darkness is, ignorance. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Have you ever cut through a room and you're not familiar with the room and you fall over something because you don't have the light on, you know? And people are stumbling over things in life. You're stumbling over things in life and it's because we can't see. We don't know what's making us stumble. And that's where the enemy traffics. That's where he takes advantage of us. So what do we do? We need some light. We need some light. Let me tell you something. There's some things that you need to know. There's some things that you need to assume rightly. There's some things you need to be reminded of. There are things that you need to see. And let me give them to you real quick. For every area of your life, you need to know. Everybody say, I need to know. You need to know what the promises are. 
Some of you are dealing with things in life that you had no idea. You did not know that God had a promise about that. Did you know that God promises that you can have sweet sleep and sweet dreams? I talk to people all the time. I just can't sleep. And I said, did you know God, God has a promise about it? You got to be kidding me. Eyes are bleeding. You know. He's got a promise for that. I'm telling you, for every problem, there is a, a promise. You need to know the promises. Guess what else you need to know? You need to know God's ability. Anybody can make promises. But God has the ability to make good on those promises. Guess what you need to know? You need to know the promises. You need to know that God is able. Because the enemy would like to keep you in the what? He'd like to keep you in the dark about that. For you to not know that. So he can wear you out with you unable to sleep. Unable to handle all these other things in life that the word of God promises and that God is able to work on. You also need to know that God loves you. No, you need to know how much he loves you. And it's immeasurable. You continue to grow in your understanding of his love. You also need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to know what you have in him. And and that... Gets you out of the dark because that light comes in your life. Here's the way I'd like to put it. If you only knew. If you only knew. And that's why I'll preach and that's why I'll preach three services. That's why we'll do whatever it takes. That's why we've got care and counseling. That's why we'll put this out on the web in any way we can. Because we've got to help people to get light. We've got to get light to people. If you only knew. And there are people struggling. There are people struggling here today. I mean, home is a wreck. Finances are a wreck. You worry yourself. This is broken. You got no hope for that. You're frustrated. You're depressed. You don't sleep. No peace. And if you only knew. Are y'all hearing me? If you only knew what God had promised and what God is able and how much he loves you and who you really are and what you really have, if you only knew. I read a story a while back. About a guy, he went to a Christian man. He went to India to visit a missionary friend of his. And he got up one morning and they're staying in just modest little quarters. And, and he came out on the front door and he saw a little tiny old bent over lady walking. That's not unusual. She had a string in her hand. I guess that's not too unusual. And she had an elephant. And she's walking this elephant and she got past their house and she kind of went to stop and to stop the elephant, she just pulled on the string. And she stopped and she talked to the neighbor lady and they, they exchanged whatever. And then she was going on into the market and she had baskets on the elephant so that she could, you know, buy stuff at the market and take it back. And it's kind of, her elephant was like her SUV. Okay. So she goes in a few hours, she comes back by and she's got stuff in her baskets and she's got her elephant, just a little tiny lady with a string like yarn driving her elephant and then she stops and the elephant stops and she gets stuff out of the basket and gives it to her friend and they hug and say hello and then she goes on with the and and so the guy asked his friend he goes i i what's the deal how does how does this even work and over the next few days he saw a little boy with an elephant you know and he said what they do is when the elephant is small they take a substantial rope and they tie it around his paw do elephants have paws or their foot tied around the elephant's foot. They give it some slack and then they drive a stake into the ground and they tie it to there. And the elephant learns, I can only go so far and then I feel this pull and I can't overcome it. I can't overcome it. And then as they grow and as they learn, they get conditioned. They get conditioned that if I feel anything pulling my foot, I, 
I stop, I stop. And here's my point. If that elephant only knew. But he thinks he's outpowered by a little lady. If he only knew. Look at me. If you only knew. If you only knew, your life doesn't have to be broken, struggling, all those things. I'm not saying a perfect life. I'm not saying that we don't have problems. We have problems all the time. We have crisis and process all the time. We're still on this planet. There's, there's gravity. There's all kinds of things that are going. This is not heaven yet. So I'm, I'm not preaching to you. There'll be no problems. I'm not saying that. But what do we do about these problems? And can we avoid some of these problems? And I would say we absolutely can if we have the light to do it. If we have the light to do it. Y'all with me so far? I'm about to wrap up here. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know can destroy you. And that's what the enemy's counting on. But then Jesus said this in Matthew 13, verse 19. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom. And watch this, and don't understand it. Then the evil one, there's our enemy. The evil one comes and he does what? He snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Get this. The seed got planted and it got put into their hearts, but they did not understand it. Follow this. They didn't understand it. So guess what? The enemy comes and steals it. Now I want to go to the positive end of this. What you understand cannot be taken away from you. It's what you don't understand that can be taken away from you. That's why we're going to teach. That's why we're going to come in here in every way that we can. We want to make this as clear and plain. And that's why you need to always go after understanding. We don't come to church and just crank you up and preach and, you know, whip it into a frenzy and more organ and more tambourine or whatever. And I'm not judging anybody. But if we do that, all you get is sweaty. And I want you to have light. I don't want you to get your tail kicked all week. I don't, I don't want you to have to deal with stuff all the time that, that there's a promise and a God who's able and a God who loves you. If you just could see, you wouldn't step there. If you just could see, you'd duck that one. If you just see, you'd clobber that enemy. If you just, if you could just see, and it's what you know, it's what you know. And when you understand something, it cannot be taken away from you. And then Jesus said this, you know the truth and the truth will set you free. You need light. And let me just, before I close this morning, three ways that we can get light. God's presence. Everybody say God's presence. God's presence. He is light and in him is no darkness at all. Secondly, God's word. Everybody say God's word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. The entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's presence. God's word. And thirdly, God's people. God's people. You be careful in all our interactions in the world. And I'm not saying withdraw because you're to be salt and light to those around you. But make sure where you're getting your information. Make sure where you're getting your encouragement from. You know, if you get all your information and you read the whole world through CNN or MSNBC or whatever, you're getting a lot of information out of because there's not a proper spiritual perspective on that. We're bypassing. Is there even a God? Does he have any power? Does he have any promises? 
and you take God out of the equation, let me shoot you back to offering time. It's not going to work. And we've got to get light into this. God's presence, God's word, and God's people. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. I want to read to you just a few verses run together. And then we're going to end the service in kind of a special way this morning. In Proverbs 4, verse 18 and 19, listen very carefully and follow along with me here. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. That's bright. Guess what? A path that's like the shining sun. Who, who can't traffic there so much? The enemy. That shines ever brighter until the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Second Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, in the Greek it's he commanded, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. If you only knew who you were, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And then finally, Ephesians 5, 8. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light of the light. Did you get anything at all out of this this morning?